Hi, I'm Chris Apolito, and welcome to the Get Coached Podcast, where I'm documenting my journey from employee to entrepreneur while featuring the coaches that are helping me along the way. Each episode, these coaches provide actionable advice to help me and you, the audience, find more success as entrepreneurs. I invite you to join the journey so we can go and grow together. Welcome to another episode of the Get Coach Podcast. In this episode, I sat down with Troy Rice, who is a keynote speaker, entrepreneur, and mindset coach. It's Troy's core mission in life to share two key messages with our youth. Your lives are your own and choose a path you can smile thinking about. Troy and I talked about how we were both bullied growing up and the kind of impact that had in forming the people we are today. Please enjoy this conversation with Troy Rice. Hi, Troy. Hi, Chris. Welcome to the Get Coach Podcast. It's great to have you on as a guest. Really appreciate your time. Yeah, thanks for having me, Chris. I love these conversations. I'm I'm really excited about our conversation because this is a little bit of a, a deviation of what we normally talk about on the show, which is uh, very much kind of almost like business tactics and and there is mindset incorporated, but it's usually a bit of a business focused type conversation. Whereas I feel our conversation is going to be almost the flip side. And I think it's going to be more on mindset and, and personal work. Uh, and, and I know there's value on the business side of it because obviously we, we kind of plattened this out a little bit. But I was wondering if you could share with the audience your story, who you are, where you came from, and how you came to be what you do right now. Yeah, Chris. So actually, I, the change for me happened about two years ago um, where I had actually led a good 25 years of my life uh, seeking validation from other people which basically looked and felt like every day waking up and doing something that somebody else wanted me to do instead of doing something that I love. And it goes even a level deeper, which is when I was in elementary school, I was bullied as a kid. And what happened was I was born with two lazy eyes and I had to wear these thick, what would almost be called like Coke bottle glasses today. And and if you think about it, like the Warby Parkers of the world now where you can get lenses sent to you and ship them back is a lot different than it was then. And so I went to school or I would be on the bus and kids would literally um, call me names and kick my uh, or take my glasses off and step on them on the bus. And I couldn't see. And I would have to call my parents to come get me. And so school became an unsafe place for me. Um, and what's interesting is I never really wanted to talk about it then. And I ended up internalizing it for over 20 years. And to keep something in close to your heart like that doesn't really allow you to grow personally. And I even was shared that perspective. I have a naturopath doctor, uh, in addition to a physician, that told me that I had all these emotions next to my heart. And if I ever wanted to grow personally, that I'd have to start letting those out and start being more vulnerable. And so two years ago um, is when the change happened because just like most of us, um, we grow up and if you go to an institution that leads more of a fixed mindset where they kind of shape who you are going to be. And even though what I talk about in schools is like 
when you were five and somebody asked you what you want to be, you said like this really cool thing, right? You wanted to be a firefighter or a professional athlete. But then as you go through the school systems, you get perspective and influence from others. You slowly shape into a little bit about what everybody else wants you to be. And so what happened was I had somebody tell me I was decent at math. And then I ended up going to school, started pursuing my passion of communication, took one class of public speaking and abandoned it, and then resulted back to getting a degree in finance because somebody told me I was good at math. And right. so what would happen is I would spend the next 10 years after college um, working in a corporate capacity and a finance or accounting type role, and then slowly stepped into like a strategy analyst role where I started building culture programs for a $2 billion company. And what, why I got so much value out of that is like when I was a kid, I, I always had this deep, kind heart to help people. And so don't like dumping into this role and just putting in a position to work with other leaders and focus on recognition and talent development and uh, anything that you would think about as far as growing uh, a personal uh, atmosphere of development within a corporate setting is where I ended up falling into. And I loved it. I loved every minute of it until the company basically told me they didn't want to expand resources on that. And so I kind of hit like a breaking point, which is I did something that somebody else told me to do but my whole life, took a glimpse of what I really wanted to do. And then somebody told me it wasn't possible. And then I finally said, all right, what am I doing that I've been doing for the last 30 years and why is it not working? And so I finally picked up a practice of gratitude and meditation and started asking myself, why it couldn't life be better? Like, what do I actually care about personally? And so when I finally took time to myself is when I wrote down two things I love, one being agriculture, two being education. And now I own an agriculture company called FarmBridge. But I think what we're going to dive into a little bit more is I speak in schools. And the reason that I speak in schools is I want to help kids think through what they love today so they can start to build a plan towards what they care about instead of thinking about what other people tell them to do all the time. And what I try to share within that is perspectives of bullying. And what I mean by perspectives is most often we think of situations of bullying and if you are somebody that maybe strays away from asking better questions, you slowly jump to reprimanding or disciplining or uh, shunning out or shaming people that, that put you down. And so when I talk about perspectives of bullying, I try to get students to think about asking better questions. And what I try to mold that into is both the bully and the person being bullied come from the same place, which is a place of insecurity, whether that means that it's somebody that feels lack of confidence in themselves or for a bully's perspective, it could be they have a bad home life and the way that they try to um, make themselves feel safe at school or wherever is potentially putting other people down. And so I share my story of personally being bullied and then finding to lead with a kind heart and being able to get through and ask better questions. And the cool uh, backstory is I had the, a bully in elementary school that I ended up dating in high school. And most of the time that wouldn't happen because you would kind of build these 
these mindsets of like hatred and anger or distance from those people. But even as a kid, I, I had a kind heart and I, I'd like to credit my parents a lot for, for kind of showing me that, but it's just, I think it takes a lot of patience uh, to think through why somebody else may have the uh, leading a different life and why they might uh, want to put you down versus just saying that person's mean, I'm never going to talk to them and I'm going to hate them the rest of my life. And so I get students to think a little bit differently about that in hopes that they start asking better questions of themselves and of others. And then share my story about what it looks like to lead a life of validation, basically going under the radar, trying to skate any type of situation that would bring me pain and walking into a career that I didn't really care for and finally hit a breaking point. And so I walk into the classroom trying to get them to think of perspectives, but with one outcome to leave the classroom with them truly caring about themselves growing themselves and doing something that they love that way they can wake up every day passionate motivated and end up with fulfillment because nowadays we see the statistics out there of people and companies that are just not happy and I don't want that to happen to them and so that's where my passion drives me and I'm hoping that the vulnerability and all that really uh, rubs off and, and helps out the students yeah it's thank you for sharing because a big part of the reason why I wanted to have you on as a guest, as much as I think some people might look at this and go, well, I, I'm not seeing the connection to like entrepreneurship. To me, I see so many correlations and connections to it, especially in that message of pursuing what you, what your, your heart desires in a sense. I don't necessarily agree with the like pursue your passion because passion can be developed but don't listen to what the world is necessarily telling you to do, but pursue those things of, of interest and curiosity, like follow that a little bit and see where it takes you. Maybe you, it doesn't, maybe you do want to be a doctor because there's, that's where curiosity is leading you, but don't do it just because your family and, or whoever it is, is, is kind of saying, Oh, you would be a great doctor. Because I went through a fairly similar journey myself personally. I got bullied um, in grade five, especially uh, grade five, grade six, not as much. And it was because I came to a, a new new city from a smaller town, and I struggled in school. And so I was then labeled the stupid kid, the dumb kid, right? And it just that was what um, uh, where the bullying stemmed from. And I excelled at math for whatever reason. I, I, I did well in math and that kind of stuck with me because I kind of went through a similar career. I ended up in the world of, of finance and banking and, and I, I ended up ultimately gravitating for a couple of reasons. But I think because growing up, people were like, oh, you're so good at math. You're so good with numbers. You should pursue something like that. Um, but why this really hit home for me and especially with the story you shared and I can attest to the the two sides of it is in grade seven another new kid showed up and then I in turn became the bully and um obviously nothing I'm I'm proud about uh I in fact looking back to it I feel horrendous about it and I've never had the opportunity to apologize to this person for what I put him through um but like you said, it stems from insecurity. So, and, and me, it was like a method of being able to deflect 
that that uh, negative emotion onto somebody else, um, and it did it did minimize the amount of of teasing and bullying that I I was subjected to, but it still was there and and until really high school because then all of a sudden it was a bigger bigger world and I was able to get into athletics and it, it kind of stopped, but it sticks with you. And that was why I wanted to talk about is I think that's where I, I also saw the connection with the audience is that maybe you've, you grew up and you were bullied and, and there's just like, you're struggling in whatever it is you're doing. And, and it's just like, it's that, that experience of, of the youth and, and just things you've kind of stuck with. So when you're, I mean, obviously part of your mission is to get to the kids before they exit into the real world and, mm-hmm. and, and, and they're kind of stuck with that, that history, but I'm sure through some of your talks, you've connected with adults who are still holding on to that. When, when you, when you have conversations with them, what's some of the I guess the perspective you share with them to help them maybe work through, through that, that experience. Yeah. Uh, patience. And I think it's, it sounds simple, but it, it really truly takes patience if we want to understand situations and within patience, we find the opportunities of, of self-reflection. And so I was on a podcast where I had um, somebody asked me uh, what could parents do in regards to bullying not only with their kids, but what could they help out with themselves, like in the workplace, uh, even just like simple aspects in the workplace that they encounter. And, you know, to get to a place where you truly understand why somebody might say or do something takes patience. And without patience, I, I mean, I don't really know anybody that uh, with frustration and anger is has an opportunity to actually coach or personally grow themselves in that moment. And so even just to to ground yourself in a moment of what would it look like to practice gratitude for just a few minutes after something like that happened, or maybe practice that with your, with your uh, son or daughter, if if they're involved in that, because I think Tony Robbins said this at one time, but uh, you can't be uh, angry and curious at the same time. And so a lot of the way that we lead our lives every day is we wake up and we do a bunch of things, right? And so what happens is, is you do all these tasks and you feel like you're getting somewhere, but then you go to bed and you get up and you do it again. And if we don't take that time to just build in a little bit of patience, that's when we slowly jump to anger or shame or blame because it's a lot easier in that moment than to spend time on yourself. And so what I try to get them to realize is like, it, it's, it's, it seems like a simple word, but just in a moment, just take a breath and practice patience. And you'd be surprised about how you can really self-reflect on yourself and use that moment to effectively help and, and grow somebody else. Right. Yeah. I think that's, that's really good advice. It's, and, um, being the, uh, a parent to, a five month old, obviously it's going to be a while before I have to potentially deal with my son getting bullied at school. But I have nephews that are at that age where that's, I'm sure it just runs rampant. So they're 12 and 14 right now, uh, turning, uh, 13 and 15 very, very soon. And, um, 
yeah, I just like, I think of either one of them getting bullied and, and it just, it breaks my heart because I've gone through that. And it's just such a horrible experience, especially if you don't know how to deal with it. And so yeah. I just, I, I love them. That's a big part of the reason why I want to have you on here. I'm, I mean, I'm even getting emotional just thinking about it. But so when you're talking to the kids, um, yeah. as obviously like in a, it's a big setting. So you're, you're not going to individually ask like, Hey, are you being bullied? I'm, I don't know if you do that. Cause that would almost the <laughs> that's singling out people. And that's like one of the worst things I think you could do <laughs> potentially, but like, what does that message kind of sound like as far as, cause it sounds like you, you, you talk to a pretty wide range age group. So high school for sure. Mm -hmm. Cause you'd mentioned you're going tomorrow morning uh, or tomorrow to talk to high school, but junior high ele elementary, or I guess I can't remember the names you guys like what age is usually like the youngest that you tend to, to speak in front of. Uh, as early as fourth grade, if they'll have me fourth and grade. you know, the presentations change and the flavor of the presentation changes, but um, the mindset behind it doesn't. And so basically I try to figure out the best way to explain what it looks like to understand somebody else and i depict that with stories and when you're a kid like especially at a fourth grade level as much as you can get to a, an actual storyline the better you're going to be because they understand it and so one of the common ones that i do that just kind of get their mind thinking a little bit more about this is i do an interactive presentation on boxes because we all wake up every day and our whole life is surrounded by a box right we reach in the fridge it's a box our car is a box the shower is a box the food that we eat sometimes comes in a box. And so what I try to get these kids to think through is like, don't let the world box you in. And within that mindset, wake up every day and just be curious. And the best way to break down boxes is to ask better questions. And mm. if you want to start leading a life of, you know, blame and shame and hiding mistakes and everything, then that's what it kind of looks like when you put yourself into a box because when you don't ask questions, you don't know. And so we ultimately get to a point where they're like, yeah, I, I need to really think about how I go through my day, maybe even laugh a little bit about all the boxes that they're in, but maybe it gets them to a point where they ask a better question instead of, um, you know, shunning somebody else or a classmate or a friend uh, for one moment of action that they did, because we know that you know, moments don't really define us. It's, right. it's a lifetime of development that defines us. And so, um, yeah, so as early as fourth grade, um, primarily middle school and high school students, only from the fact that that's when they're really starting to think about their careers and, the, and where they want to go. Also, it's kind of where they're coming with the, the most development around behaviors, like interactions with each other, um, friends, and anything that that would be very difficult for them and like one thing that's interesting that i share with middle schools i do some uh, social media psychology presentations too and i talk about social interactions and role modeling and then i say you know it is so hard to actually have a good conversation with somebody like nowadays if we have any type of awkward moment we reach for a device or a phone or whatever and we engage <laughs> in it because we don't want that awkward moment of talking to somebody that maybe we haven't talked to in a while we don't know what we want to say and so all of those are natural ways of communicating as human beings because we're all different we all come from different walks of life and beliefs 
And so most of these presentations, I encourage them. I, I say, put yourself in an awkward moment as often as you can. And think, think twice about always grabbing your phone or choosing not to engage with somebody because those are the moments that help build character in you and helps you understand people's worldviews. Right. It's, man, I'm just, I love what you're doing so much. It, to me, this is something that I, I, I feel should be a part of the education system because to me, there's so much more value in that compared to, now don't get me wrong. I, when I took it, I'm, I'm going to refer to high school. So I took a cooking class in high school and that was great because when I was eight, when I moved out or even when I was still at home, I could, I could cook for myself, but I feel like that's a skill that parents can easily teach their children. That's not a, that's not a tough one. But I think there's a lot of parents who would feel very ill-equipped to teach them the, the things that you're trying to teach, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure there's, there's parents out there who are, are, could be good at it. Uh, but I feel like that's such a, depending the dynamics of the relationship of parent to child, like that's a, that could be a very tough conversation to have. And I know that's what being a parent is all about is having tough conversations, but sometimes there's so much value for it to come from somebody else, a teacher, uh, a speaker, just somebody who the parent or the child can kind of look at in just this different light. They may just receive the message a little bit better and it might just stick a little easier. And to me, like that's just a skill set that is so important in life in general, right? Mm-hmm. The, the, the fact of you're trying to teach them to ask better questions. Like, that literally does never, like that never becomes obsolete in life. No, the better you we, get at it, but the better life will become for you too. Yeah. Yeah. And I, what I tried to, to talk about that I think helps out mostly from a young age too, is thinking about their habits because habits we all have. And if we can figure out how to maximize our habits, not just the ones that we can automatically create and just do without thinking, but you know, small habits that we can build in, like asking a question, like going to a family event and actually caring to ask your cousin that you never talked to about what's going on in their life when it would be easier to say nothing, right? It would right. be easier to go off and do something or grab your phone or play around on social media or whatever. But if you could bring, build in a practice and a habit of doing that, like I'm going to go to a family get together I might not have the greatest time based on past experiences, but I know that I'm going to at least ask my cousin uh, how he's doing or how she's doing. And I'm at least going to learn something. And who knows, maybe the conversation doesn't go anywhere, but I feel like those are the moments where you start to learn and grow yourself a little bit better uh, than to just not do anything at all. Right. Yeah. And I, I just, to me, as I had mentioned earlier, I just see so many connections to the world of entrepreneurship, right? Um, if you want to be a successful entrepreneur, you're going to go through a lot of uncomfortable moments, um, in business with people. And, and I like what you said earlier about like, almost like intentionally put yourself into a lot of uncomfortable positions because Mm -hmm. the more you, you do that, your, your comfort level just increases, right? The, the more, uh, the more you expose yourself to something, you build up your tolerance. And, and again, what a great lesson to teach kids at that age, because 
that's going to be life. Life is going to be quite uncomfortable in, yeah. in many, many different ways. You've got a long life ahead of you. And so you're going to go through a lot of these, but if you can develop that, that habit actually is a, is a great way of saying it, then you're just positioning yourself for more success in life. And, and that's why I just, I see so much correlation with what you're doing and entrepreneurship. I've always felt that entrepreneurship was more of a mindset than anything else. Whereas being a business owner, you doesn't necessarily mean you're an entrepreneur, but as an entrepreneur, you're, you're likely to own a business, but you can be an entrepreneur and work in a company and you just, mm -hmm. you just have yeah. a certain kind of mindset. Yeah. And I think an example that just hits home for a lot of people, and, and I would even say this for myself, but like, let's say you, uh, you go through your whole life and you go to college and you do whatever you think is necessary, could be because somebody else told you to do it. And then you walk out of that auditorium or whatever with a certificate. And if the first question you ask yourself is now what? then you've literally spent your entire life never thinking about you, never thinking about what you care about, what you want to do. And that's the place where you need to be early on. And it's not that when I'm in middle school or even elementary school or fourth grade, I need to understand like I'm going to be a business owner, an entrepreneur. No, you need to understand who you are though. Like what do you enjoy doing? How can you build that? character towards where you want to be and then go to college with an intent to learn something that builds within that development plan that you created for yourself nobody else and then when you walk out it's you're not asking about what do i do next you're saying all right i've already built this tremendous skill set where are opportunities for me to start growing that whether that means i create something myself whether that means I go and I work for somebody else that created it and I continue to build on that, they all look and feel a lot different. But the one thing that doesn't change is you. And so that's where I try to get the kids to be is like, and a cool example would be there was a middle school student. We were going through a, an exercise called like two cares, two whys and fears. And I was just basically getting them to tell me two things that they care about. And she's like, well, I don't know what I care about. I'm swimming. And I said, great. All right. Tell me two things why you care about swimming. And she said, because it makes me feel good when I'm in the pool and I can be myself. And I said, you nailed it. It's as simple as that. Like figure out what, figure out why swimming makes you feel that way and why you care about it so much and start building towards that. Whether that means you're a, a collegiate swimmer or a professional swimmer someday, doesn't matter. What you've told me that is something about being in the pool, whether it's the team atmosphere, the competition, the uh, challenge, whatever it is, something about that makes you feel safe and makes you care about it and build on that. And then it starts to click for them, right? And sometimes it's about the, you get asked a question and because you live within a fixed world or a fixed mindset, uh, you're looking for the answer, right? You're looking for somebody to tell you the answer. And then when you say something out loud like that about yourself is when you have like an aha moment, you're like, huh, yeah, I guess, I guess that I really do love that, you know, and that's where it should come from all the time. Right. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense for yourself. Where did, um, 
I guess, what were some sources of influence to kind of help you along the journey? Was it books? Was it people? Uh, like, how did you kind of get through that on your own or, or was it with other people? Yeah. Um, so, well, books for sure. I started picking up a habit of, of reading books, mostly audible, but I, I think I'm somewhere around like 30 books a year. Um, and I do it using the concept that, that uh, I believe Tony Robbins coins as net time. But I, when I work out at the gym, I listen to a book and mm. it allows me to kind of grow in different things. Um, Seth Godin was somebody I really latched onto early and learned as much as I could from. But the change really happened for me uh, when I listened to my brother-in-law, actually. And so the story there is my, my bro- I have two brother-in-laws, um, and they both work for a company that the one created. It's an ad managing uh, company that helps uh, professional bloggers monetize their, their ads. And he, he was a math teacher. And he had uh, my, my sister-in-law had a professional blog. She was making small amounts of money, um, nothing to like really build a life out of. And he just one day was like, I'm going to think about how to create something to help you uh, make more money on your blogs because you're a great writer. People care, but you're, you know, you're not making any money out of it, but you could be. And so he built this model and all of a sudden it just turned into this amazing company and all these professional bloggers are it still exists today it's called ad thrive and so it was one moment where i was in florida on vacation and i was just sharing my frustrations of you know working in the corporate world doing some different things leaning towards doing some some things i cared about like helping people and growing people but then having the uh leadership or people in charge tell me that that wasn't important to them and then ultimately, like all the words that were coming out of my mouth were like blame, right? I was blaming them, blaming this. Why won't they give me this? Why won't they validate my work? And he finally said, you know, you are enough. Just go do you because you're great. And they were simple words, but I think I admired him so much that I came back and it wasn't like I was like, all right, so he's a successful entrepreneur. So I'm going to just jump right in and be an entrepreneur. But it was how can I create my own life? How can I create something that I, that I want to do? And I got passionate about meeting in the community on agriculture and then building this, this uh, farmer's market model. And then I got uh, passionate about sharing what I had learned with students. And I started doing volunteer speaking in the community and just doing as much as I could. And so I was going down this path of like creating my own life. And it turned into a journey of entrepreneurship, but I don't think it always has to be. I just think it has to start with, uh, where do you really want to be and stop leading the, with the, the, the mindset of somebody else should be giving you something, or you're waiting on somebody else to help you grow and where you want to be. It should be where do you see yourself going. How do you want to grow? And then use the people around you to, to kind of help you elevate towards that. Right. Yeah. It's, thanks for sharing. That's a, I, I like that story a lot. Um, I, I wanted to ask a question because I feel like a different person could have gone through the exact same events that you did, had their brother-in-law say the exact same thing as them, but then they do nothing about it. Yeah. So why do you figure, why do you think you were open to hearing that message? Why did you receive the message you did 
and and or if you know like why do you figure that was the case because like i said there's a lot of people that that would have just in one ear out the other and life goes on and they continue complaining um depression and so uh it's weird because i i live in a, a tremendous house a great house i have i have great cars i have a beautiful family an incredible wife three boys and i would come home just depressed man um and so i think a piece of it just really sunk deep for me because i was tired of living the life that i was living and i think what makes it so difficult for me is i i i'm a huge um into kids fathers so like i coach all their sports i do all the dropouts for school and and uh not only was i mad and depressed at myself but i i didn't want to keep down a path of, of showing what that looks like to my kids i wanted a better life for setting a role model for my kids and so i think i, I mean i pretty much hit uh rock bottom and you know, I'm thankful that I have a great wife that kind of pulled me out and pushed me forward because I've always had been somebody that has, you know, had grit and determination, but I was doing the wrong things. And there's a lot to be said about, you know, just doing something to do something and then just working hard at it and just keep hitting a wall. Mm. I was doing the wrong things and she kind of helped me, you know, pick me up, dust me off and tell me to start spending more time creating my own journey and it started small i mean i i was still in the corporate world and i was doing all these um learning and everything and so i slowly launched into it knowing that i wasn't going to just exit and grow something to be this great business overnight and so i had to be patient and do that and grow gradually to it um but now i wake up every day and i I can't wait to get going, Chris. Like I, I, I get up at 4 a.m. and I lift weights and listen to books. And then I go to hot yoga and then I do meditation. And then I can't wait to meet people in the community. I can't wait to help farmers grow uh, better farms. I can't wait to help inspire kids to uh, get down a path that they love. Like I just, I wake up with this extreme passion underneath me. And even though I had mild success uh, in the corporate world, I never had that feeling. I would get up and just, you know, what am I going to do today? And how can I just, you know, do the best work I can and then try to be happy at home and just not a life worth living. Right. And so now I, I wouldn't give anything back. And I'm so glad that I, I finally got to that point. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. That's, um, um, that's a, a, a topic that can, that can be very difficult to, to open up about, um, and I have my own story, but I don't want to share it right now because I don't think it's the right time. So I, I want to lead into a different question, though, about that transition of um, while you were at the corporate job and then starting that journey of building the lifestyle that you wanted, right? So the, yeah. the agriculture business and the speaking, because I'm about to have to go back to that, unfortunately, uh, just due to circumstances. So um, starting right away, I'm going to have the, the full-time day job commitment 
while I still want to continue doing this because for me this is this is my thing. There's there's a lot of there's a mission that I have and and a purpose behind it. And I guess my question is just how did you like I not even how it's more like what it, what kind of advice do you have for somebody like myself and and really anybody who's listening who's trying to balance that full-time commitment while being a parent while building that thing that they they're passionate about and and that thing that's bringing them joy what's the advice you would share um you got to look at it as small wins and the there's like a a short-term phrase called no zero days which is you just wake up and you do one step forward towards where you want to be and so i learned this the hard way um i wanted to launch in and do something that i love right i mean there's nothing greater than waking up and like all right sweet i got this idea i'm gonna hit the ground running build this agriculture company and i'm gonna start speaking and then everything be great and so what happens is is you have all these ideas flowing you have all this excitement and then it builds like this huge massive list and all that does <laughs> is this creates overwhelmingness right yeah and so i had to learn the hard way i i i built, i got to that point and i moved nowhere and then finally i i learned to just say all right i'm not going to do these 20 things i'm going to do these five things and i'm going to do these five things very well and i know that doing these five things may not lead to uh, potential profits or revenue or anything like that right away. And I'm going to have to be okay with that because most people put in, you know, 10,000 hours to get to be great at something. And I think it's very easy for, and I wrote an article about this on LinkedIn. It's very easy for us to prioritize towards short-term outcomes, you know, and to, and like to a, to a young kid, it, it looks like, uh, immediate uh, gratification, right? No, zero delayed gratification. Um, and to an adult though, it's, all right, I have these talents. I have these skill sets. I have this plan. I'm building these goals. I, I feel like I'm growing towards it, but nothing's happening. And so at that point, like, what do you do? Like, do you abandon? Do you pivot? Do you um, go back to where you were and then think about how to to grow something different? And so for me, like that moment happened when I first started to realize that I should just pick a couple of things and do those things very well. And for me, it was, I might not make any money, but I'm going to go out there and I'm going to meet with as many farmers as I can, listen to their stories and have them kind of tell me what they need. And that took like a year and a half, two years to do that. And then for speaking, I would just, I, I volunteer a lot for junior achievement, but most of the time I would just take connections and I would offer to speak. And I did that for two years with no money. And so most people would look at that and say, man, I'm just not getting anywhere, not building anywhere, um, not where I want to be and potentially even get to a point where you feel like giving up, right? Because you're not seeing what you think the outcome should be. Um, but I just kept pushing and I kept focusing on the small things and things kind of fell in place because um, I was able to put myself in a position to mentally be productive every day instead of waking up and thinking I've got 20 things to do. And then I sit back and I'm like, hmm. uh, it's been an hour and I haven't done anything. And it's because I have 20 things on my mind and those are non-productive days. 
And then you get to the end of that day. And, you know, my wife would tell me this too, is that you get to the end of that day and then you're stressed and you, it's only stress because you created it, right? Because you have all the stuff that you want to do and then you didn't get it done because you couldn't focus on anything. And then you go to end your day and you're like, oh, there's not enough time in my day. I'm so stressed. I got nothing done today. And, and there she's like, well, what did you prioritize your time to? Mm. Nothing. Okay. So how about you wake up tomorrow, start and start fresh and pick five things, prioritize it and get those five things done. And then if you have time to do a sixth thing, great. But then when you get those five things done, you can, you know, leave that mindset for the day, go spend time with your family and not build in uh, this, these levels of stress. Yeah. Thank you for that. That is pretty much exactly where I'm at right now is I've got, I've been using Trello to kind of manage the various things I've got going on. And I keep, I keep adding more ideas and things like, oh, I should do this or I need to do this. And not as many are getting knocked off. And uh, yeah, I sometimes just look at that and I go like, I, 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 I don't know what to focus on right now. So yeah, that's, Thank you for that. That was ex- pretty much exactly what I needed to hear, I think. Cool. Um, so I, I, everything we've talked about has been fantastic. I think we've had uh, a great conversation. We've covered quite a few different things, actually. And so just in, in wrapping up, I wanted to ask you uh, a question around what do you think, what's that one thing you would suggest the audience really takes away from this conversation we just had so that they can implement it in life and, and, and really level up in, in that area that they feel they need it most. At the basic level, um, learning to ground yourself. And what I mean by that, I mean, I, I, a lot of people do practices with it, uh, but gratitude is a huge, 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 huge part of my day. And if I don't do gratitude, then sometimes my world shifts a little bit. and it's a simple thing that just puts you in a place of where you are and then you can truly appreciate what you have. So then you can go out there and deliver the awesomeness that you are to others. Because if you're ever in a place where um, you don't believe in yourself as being awesome and like what I shared, I got this poster behind me that says you're freaking awesome. Nice. And <laughs> it's, a, it's just an easy thing that makes people smile, but it's so true though. You should wake up every day and tell yourself how awesome you are and then be grateful for the things that you have because that'll kickstart your day towards doing the best thing that you can, which is delivering the best version of yourself to others. And so that is a huge part of what's kind of helped me. Um, and then I, I guess I would leave it with the, the second thing is um, be okay with what happens. And I learned this one in the uh, Seth Godin All MBA program, uh, which is like every day we try to think through things that we want to deliver and and have it be excellent. Whether it's an outcome of money, whether it's an outcome of of growth in ourselves, something we teach our kids, whatever it is, and we all have these perceived expectations in our head. And when we don't hit that expectation, we, in those moments, we're not okay with ourselves, but there's no reason why not to be okay with yourself. Because if you put in the effort, then the outcome is actually probably where it should be. It was just never the outcome that you considered. Right. And so 
to get to that place, sometimes we have to evaluate all the different outcomes with every decision that we make. And I know when you break down all the, uh, you know, hundreds of decisions you make in a day, that would seem cumbersome to break down every single one, but pick the ones that you feel like are most impactful and truly spend time on the outcomes and then remind yourself that you're going to be okay with whatever happened because you can wake up the next day and do something completely different. You can do it better or you can grow yourself, like just focus on yourself for a day and all of those are okay. Yeah, that, I, that's really good advice. Hmm. Yeah, I'm, this has been a good one. I, uh, I'm thinking a lot about just my, my own experience in my own life and my own journey, but, uh, yeah, I'll, I'm going to be ruminating on this one for a while, I think. Uh, <laughs> so where, if, if people wanted to reach out and connect with you or learn more about you, what's, what's the, the best place for them to, to do that? Yeah, I'd say personally, um, troy-rice.com. It's got all the information on there. Um, reach out to me anytime. Um, and uh, like I said, I, I write too. So there's a lot of information on there about the stuff that we talked about here on this podcast. Awesome. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure, Troy. This was a, a really, uh, it was a great conversation. I'm excited to see what uh the audience thinks of it. It's a bit of a different direction, as I mentioned at the beginning, but um, a lot of important conversations that need to be had with just everybody. There's, there's nothing wrong with opening up and being vulnerable about the, the, the challenges that we've gone through as kids and still currently go through. So I really appreciate the, the conversation. Yeah, you're welcome, Chris. I love this, man. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Um, good time. Awesome. Thanks. Take care. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Get Coach Podcast. If you're looking for more information, you can head over to our website, which is getcoachedpodcast.com. You'll find the show notes for this and every other episode there. And if getting actionable advice every week from professional coaches is something you want more of, then make sure to subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes.